Hi, this is Jim Martin, and this is my encouragement note, number 78. The list of five. First, take care of the soul. Someone told me the quiet house was a remote. Well, it certainly was. I, I neither saw or heard from another person from the time I checked in until I checked out a few days later. The Quiet House is owned by Laity Lodge, located deep in the Texas Hill Country, on the banks of the Frio River. The small house is surrounded by the trees and foliage common to that area. Each morning, I was greeted by deer standing about a dozen yards from the front door. The surroundings were beautiful and quiet. It was very quiet. I felt pretty restless at first. I, it, I immediately began to second-guess my decision to be there. Perhaps some of the restlessness was due in part to the pace at which I was living. After all, I was a minister, busy and often feeling behind. Now I was experiencing a few days of solitude. Only later would I realize how important this solitude was for my mind and soul. Soon I began to enjoy the quiet stillness of the surroundings. I took hikes, watched deer, and read. I wrote in my journal. There were two books I read and pondered. I finished reading Ian Crone's book about his father, and the other book I read was Matt Murray's book about his father. You can find the titles and links of this on the written form of uh, this encouragement note. I found this on a small bookshelf in the quiet house. Each one of these books was helpful as I was trying to get more clarity on my relationship with my dad. I'm grateful for these few days. This time helped me realize how much I needed to care for my soul. Rather than moving from one active moment to the next, I needed time where I was still and silent before God. Today, the early morning hours are an important time in which I care for my soul. Before I focus on the activity of the day and my to-do list, I want to consider my life before God. And yet, there are days when the morning hours are particularly challenging. There are days when it seems when it is hard for me to start the day focused on God. There are other days when it, this seems easier. The most important thing for you and me is to simply start. Start praying. Start reading a passage of Scripture. Start pondering a thought about God. At the very least, you and I can start. Number two, some hear you and others really listen. Not long ago, I read a very good article about NFL quarterback Jalen Hurts and his willingness to grow and learn. This article is by Bruce Feldman in The Athletic, and you can find the link on the uh, written form of these encouragement notes. In the article, Feldman refers to a quote from Hurts back when he was still a player in Oklahoma. Hertz, uh, Feldman writes, uh, uh, or, or quotes Hertz is saying, some people hear you and some people listen. I listen and I apply it to my learning. I pull from different people and that makes me better and that makes me wise. 
You'd think I'm the only person that ever played for Coach Saban by how I act. Maybe I'm just one that listened. I learned and I added more to my repertoire, and now I'm here at Oklahoma learning all these different things from Coach Riley, far more as a player, but also as a person. The story is far from over. I love this line, some people hear you and some people listen. Some people hear you. They look around while you talk. They look at their phone. You may have the sense this person is not fully present. Then there are others who really listen. They are present and engaged. And in the conversation, you feel as if this person was fully present. I also like this line from Hertz. I, I listen and I apply it to my learning. This is helpful. Do I listen to another and then apply this to what I'm in the process of learning? One practice that has helped me in listening is to show up prepared to write something down. Often I will use the notes app on my phone to make notes. On other occasions, I'll show up with an ink pen and notebook. And as I write this, I'm looking at three pages of notes from conversations, readings, etc. Number three, give your kids a precious gift. Most parents I know really love and are devoted to their children. And yet sometimes fear can get the best of us as parents. We can fear that our kids are not experiencing a life that is comparable to their friends. Children may come home from school and talk about what their friends did on spring break. They went on an amazing vacation. Well, you and your family went nowhere. Should we have planned a trip? Or kids may talk about other parents and how amazing they are. They gave their kids a phone a long time ago, Mom. As a parent, you can become anxious and you may wonder, is my child missing out on what is fun? Is my child not experiencing the best life? Before you know it, you begin to spend money you don't have in an attempt to create a better life for your children. And yet, if you want to give your kids something really valuable, consider the following. Number one, give your kids a dad and mom who respects their spouse, both in private and in public. What a valuable gift. Number two, give your kids a dad and mom who prays for them. If you are not praying for, you, for them, who is? Three, give your kids a dad and mom who seek God above all else. Four, give your kids a dad and mom whose example is worthy of imitation instead of someone whose example they are having to overcome. Five, give your kids a dad and mom who are more concerned about character and having a godly influence than the appearance of success. Six, give your kids a dad and mom whose life is genuine instead of deceptive. And seven, give your kids a dad and mom who live as a faithful spouse to the other. And there is no justification for cheating, ever. The emotional spend, expense number four of ministry, and this is especially for ministers and other church leaders. Recently, I heard 
uh, Kate Bowler of Duke University expressed the following. She said, we have a lot of people in this community who are called into very emotionally expensive professions. They're teachers and social workers and healthcare workers. Well, there are certain professions that are emotionally expensive. My wife, Charlotte, taught public school, primarily the lower grades, for many years. And she's a certified reading specialist, but has also taught a variety of grades in the classroom. This is important work, challenging work, and yes, emotionally expensive work. Any teacher who deeply cares about their children will learn that there is a tremendous amount of emotion involved. And I want you to know that anyone who dares to serve as a minister in a congregation will also find out that this work is emotionally expensive. Is it ever? Ministry to and with the congregation often brings joy and satisfaction. However, it also brings heartache, disappointment, and tears. Many ministers speak of a loss of confidence, burnout, depression, and loneliness. The funerals alone are emotionally expensive. My first funeral was for a 26-year-old woman who died of cancer. At that time, I was about the same age. And then there were the funerals for the babies, teenagers, young fathers, and young mothers. I've done funerals for those who died by suicide, car wrecks, cancer, etc. I've done funerals for strangers and for very close friends. Sometimes the death was expected. On other occasions, family and friends experienced the shock of unexpected and sudden death of a loved one. What I've just described is not unusual for any minister who serves long enough. Again, this work is emotionally expensive for most any minister. Self-care is important and even critical to being emotionally healthy. However, such care does not exempt a minister from the emotional rigor that often comes from dealing with human beings. Here are a few suggestions. Number one, acknowledge the emotional rigor of particular seasons of ministry. Nothing is accomplished by denying the difficulty of a particular season. You do not exemplify strength by acting as if none of this really impacts you emotionally. Second suggestion, ministry is done in a body. Your body has to be cared for and given an attention in order to best navigate these challenges. Know that ignoring the care of your body will ultimately lead you down a dead-end street. (coughs) Finally, I encourage you to read uh, the section number five, etc. Just a few resources that I've uh, recently listened to or read you might enjoy. I hope this encouragement note in some way blesses you. I was telling a friend just the other day, uh, I think in many ways I write these encouragement notes, uh, yes, partially for you, but partially for me as well. i love to hear from you. Write me at jmartin9669 at gmail.com. 
I'd love to hear from you. Uh, in the meantime, I encourage you to uh, pass these on to other people who might be interested in subscribing and receiving these regularly. Hope you have a great week.